One of our finest songs, I believe, in the uh, heritage of South African music. And of course, that's the artist Karma. It takes us a long way back. And uh, it's a delight to have her on the line. How's the coffee going, Karma, in Los Angeles? How, what was that? How's the coffee? <laughs> Are you drinking a lot of it? Because it's about one o'clock in the morning there. Oh, I actually, you know, I, I, I didn't because I was scared that it would keep me awake and then I wouldn't be able to go to sleep. So I, I've just been backing my way through on water and and some people on social media have been keeping me awake. So it's been great. But that, Michelle, that was lovely. I, I know. Listening to Just and hearing your voice took <sighs> me back. Yeah. And I remembered, I think you were the first person to ever play that song on the radio. And isn't it just the most amazing thing? How do you feel when you hear that song so many decades later? Well, I mean, I'm sitting here in my, I'm actually in my partner's studio because I'm trying to, like, this is soundproof, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is sleeping, so I have to find a place to speak. Uh, and I'm, I'm sitting here and I was just, there's mirrors and stuff, and I noticed I was actually just smiling. Yeah. I was like listening to it because, you know, I don't get to hear me on the radio here in America. And I was just very aware that it's going out on the radio. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite, quite something. I've got a big smile on my face. <laughs> We've got a big smile on our face as well because uh, everybody here is, I mean, even Dosh, our producers, who were saying, wow, I feel like this is a moment. So, so Karma, you know, your first work in 10 years, you've just recorded a track called Hold On Me, beautiful track, and we're going to play it in a moment. Um, I'm, I'm wondering what the experience was, if we compare it to the recordings from early days, and yesterday I was listening to Packer Bell and a very variety of different tracks of yours, and I'm wondering what this experience has been comparative to when you were recording in those days. You know, God, this experience was incredible because it was like... Uh, the day that I decided to record uh, the, the song, I walked out of my house to the studio in the backyard, knocked on the door and, and asked my partner, Chelsea, I was like, oh, do you mind recording this guitar part? And she was like, sure. And I sat down and I played the guitar in a take. And then she's like, is that it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's all I wanted to do. And then I went inside, I had some lunch and I came back out and I said, do you mind recording me singing the vocal? <laughs> and it's like, yes, no problem. <laughs> then I sang the vocal and then I like walked away. And she was like, oh, right, I guess that's as much recording as she feels like doing today. And then um, it was like easy, okay, because in comparison to the albums I recorded in South Africa, I felt like it was a job. And there yeah. was like, someone was paying for it and there were so many people who had like an agenda with what I was doing and I, I felt so much pressure like I had to get it right and I had to I remember singing until like I mean literally my throat was bleeding one night and then recording one day soon and I was still trying to get the vocal right so I think the ease the relaxed atmosphere and the idea that I I didn't have to do it I was doing it purely for the love of music and purely because I felt like doing it and the the vibe was just right. And, um, you know, and then Chelsea actually, I didn't even ask her to, she just did a mix and she sent it to me on my phone. She said, this sounds great. And I immediately sent the 
MP3 over to Julian. And I was like, how I recorded this today. And then a couple of days later, Julian sent me an MP3 back with vocals on it. And he went, hey, guess what? I recorded this today. So for those of our listeners and who don't know, of course, Julian is your um, your musical partner from your Henry Eight days. I mean, yeah, he's gone on yeah, to do all sorry. sorts of other things as well. You're doing all sorts of other things. There, there must be a deep fondness and delight that you actually can still go, hey, Julian, I, I want you to look, just, just move out of that like sort of corporate world or whatever it is and just go back to, to singing something for me, hey? Oh, my God. We, uh, Michelle, we've been doing this for years. Yeah. I think he's often he's the second person I play songs to. My sister's always been the first person. She's got my sounding board. But um, yeah, Jules and I actually, I mean, it's a you know the history. I mean, Julian and I and Henry Eight, musical soulmates, but I mean, like the worst siblings you would ever meet in terms <laughs> of fighting with each other. I know. Um, but musically, just I've never ever had that experience with anyone else, and I've, I've played with a lot of musicians. I think it's actually annoyed other musicians. I think I, it's almost like this weird jealousy thing. I've had a few people say to me before in rehearsal rooms, "Well, I'm not Julian," you know, like mm. like a very disgruntled Karen speaking <laughs> about your ex. And um, you know, so Julian and I musically, we and as friends now, we've we've stayed in touch all this time and. I mean, he just sent me a song yesterday, like a new song, and he still writes. And while neither one of us do this, you know, as our full-time profession anymore, I think yeah. our, our need to play music and our fondness of playing music and, and definitely sharing that experience with one another um, has continued. And in many ways, people who love the song probably have Julian to thank as well for it even being the life of day because he was a part of, a couple of people who pushed me and said, yeah. you know, you really should consider releasing this music. When I continued producing uh, Hold On Me and I was doing it for myself, I, yeah. I didn't ever record the song with the intention of sharing it. And it, it was only when it was finished that, you know, people were like, you should really share this. And yeah. I, so, you know, it was a big step for me to do it because I didn't want the attention. So, Connie, um, you, men- you mentioned this idea of, of now you know, creating music for yourself and, and certainly the fact that you've gone on a very different journey. I mean, you, you're you in a high-flying uh, job, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm not sure if you're still in the same job. And yet, even when the when I saw you last in LA, you were still, the guitar was still there in the lounge and uh, you were still writing songs and creating and etc. It It's in your blood. It's uh, just, you're not going to stop. No, I don't expect that ever will because I think music, music is like my therapy. It's the way mm. that I, it's like a cat pose. Like I need to hold a guitar and play. Yeah. It's such a lame Leo analogy, but anyway, very late, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, I think that's what happened is music for me, I started playing songs and writing songs when I was very young. And yeah. I did so as a form of, form of escape for myself and I think for the first couple of years in Henry VIII, I definitely still had that relationship with music. And then I think the the industry got in the way of me having that relationship. And while, you know, I was still performing and playing, I was losing what I loved about it. Yeah. And when I, when I decided to stop, it took me a long time to remember how to play music for me because now yeah. I've been programmed to do it as a job. So I would I would start editing and criticizing something just as I started playing it. And I'd give up. I'd yeah. go like, oh, well, that's, that's not a hit. And I'd be like, oh, just, 
the two kids, if it's a hit, like just write the song. There's obviously a reason yeah. you want to write it. And it took me a long time to unlearn and then remember the special bond that I have with, with music um, and what it does for me, myself, you know. And I think I've continued to write and um, I think having a studio at home obviously is a, is a great advantage because it allows me to record uh, without the pressure that I'm just really not good good with at all. And, um, you know, so uh, Holden Me is not the only song, actually, that I've decided that I will share. I just think that the, the nice thing is that now there's no real pressure. I guess I'm the record company. Yeah. Um, so it's just nice now. I can just share things the way that I want to and when when I want to. And that's sort of given me now finally what I always wanted was, you know, just to share. You know, you talk about. <laughs> you know, you talk so about I'm not chasing any numbers or anything. You talk about the the, the numbers and the and the music industry and the challenges of that and and certainly, um, over a decade ago, obviously the big challenge for you was when Lil Wayne um, sampled the song once and he sampled it in the, his track. I feel like dying, and of course that went into a major legal battle. In many ways, that was the final cut for you. It seems. Um, did it ever get yeah. resolved? It did. I mean, it got resolved. The lawyers sorted it out, you know, because it was never really, I was never suing the guy. My publishers were, and that's mm. really their job. You know, they represent your catalogue, and that decision to 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 go, um, you know, to, to do the lawsuit, that was theirs. It was really tough for me because I guess in, I was the key witness. Mm. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, and, I, I, you know, this is big, hey, this is America. They do everything so much bigger. And, I'm, I, you know, I wonder if this would happen somewhere else because it would have just been a conversation in one office. But it dragged mm. on for three years. Um, and not because of me. I'm no one in, mm. in terms of, you know, the, what sells newspapers and articles and things. But little Wayne, obviously, is huge here. So the yeah. story just carried on and carried on and carried on. I was dragged into it, and I wasn't used to that. I mean, even being as famous as I was in South Africa, I was not used to this much yeah. attention. And it, it, was, it was negative in the sense that, like, this wasn't about my music. Yeah. Uh, this, this is like, at, at times, it was like a character attack. And I was like, how? You don't even know me. Yeah. Um, so I think it took its toll, and I, I'm not going to, you know, my my decision to actually just say, like, enough is enough, and I'd like to actually step out of the public eye and do something else. I think that it was the final straw. I don't think it was, it was everything, but I, I think it was, I really got a dose of the ugliness of that side of things, and I just realized I'm not actually equipped to deal with it. Karma, we have to leave you because we do want to play the song. We've got a message from someone saying they think they saw their, your last show at the Catalina in Durban saying thank you so much for that particular song. We're going to play out with Karma's track. It's a brand new one. Hold on me. Hopefully this is the start of something new and we're going to be hearing a whole bunch more songs as we go.